My name is Milian Mori and welcome to our podcast, Warrior Family. We are a family of successful entrepreneurs, visionaries, hustlers and leaders. We are compassionate, loving, fearless and determined. We fight for love, profits and a better world. And this podcast was made for future leaders, entrepreneurs, world changers and families all over the world. We gained our wealth by running one of the best network marketing companies in Europe and successfully coaching and speaking empire. Our stories, tips will show you that everything is possible. And this podcast includes all the best sales, marketing, relationship, personal growth, and health advice you can get and interviews with the most successful people in the world. Our motto is, my business is not my family. My family is my business. And we are here to show you how to have it all. Your conscious mind is the programmer and the subconscious mind is the computer. Affirmations are verbal statements of new empowering beliefs you wish to imprint in your subconscious mind. You actually say affirmations all the time. Anytime you talk to yourself about something that's wrong in your life, you are affirming that something is wrong. But you can train yourself to change the tone of your self-talk. It just takes awareness and practice and the right technique. Your subconscious takes you at your word no matter what you are telling it. You repeatedly saying, I cannot afford that. An example, this is an example of a negative self-defeating affirmation. You can be sure your subconscious will follow your orders. It will make sure <laughs> that you are intensely uncomfortable asking for a raise, fearful of taking any opportunity and undisciplined with your money. These powerful prompts will ensure that you take no action to improve your life or your situation. When you are upgrading your beliefs, keep in mind that you cannot order a new belief to be imprinted in the subconscious. The new belief, the new belief must be absorbed by focusing only what you want, not what you want to get away from and using the real secrets to imprinting new ideas into your subconscious mind, like feelings. Your feelings are the vehicle on which you carry new ideas into the subconscious mind. Strong feelings are how ideas were implanted in the first place. So it will do you absolutely no good to try to use affirmations that leave without feeling. You must put your passion, your heart, your soul into any efforts to imprint new ideas. Your subconscious mind has filters in place that prevent ideas from being absorbed that don't fit in with your belief system. Any competing idea will be immediately rejected. So in the internal battle between the 5%, that means conscious thoughts, I am wealthy, for example, and the 95% subconscious thoughts and emotions of I like, I feel horrible because I'm not worthy of wealth, your conscious thoughts will always lose. <laughs> Those are not your favorable odds. However, the subconscious mind has no filters against feelings. Then this is the secret to using affirmations effectively. Using feelings as a carrier helps prevent the internal resistance to new ideas. And here is how it works. When you use an affirmation such as uh, 
I am financially free. When your current circumstances say otherwise, you create an internal battle, of course. It is a battle between what your senses and beliefs insist is true and what you desire to be true. You can try saying affirmations like this and if you couple them with intense emotions, eventually the idea will be assimilated. But that is the hard way. Why wait? Why not imprint the new idea quickly and avoid inner and internal struggle? This method that I'm going to explain is far more effective. Think about how you feel when your ideal situation has manifested. How does it feel to be successful, madly in love or financially free? To know that you have triumphed over incredible odds, to, to have solved a huge problem. It feels great, doesn't it? Also think about how good it feels when you are in the process of achieving what you want. Fabulous, right? There is nothing better than having a dream materialize before your eyes. You feel emotions of happiness, confidence, excitement, enthusiasm, arousal and joy. You feel strong, vibrant, powerful and there are many wonderful feelings associated with what you desire. So let yourself feel all of the all of the emotions in your creative visualization. Take that feeling and incorporate it into the single most powerful affirmation you will ever use. I love how great I feel when I think about. I love how great I feel when I think about, for example, being successful or being in love or I love how wonderfully light and free I feel when I imagine being financially free. Or, what a fantastic feeling of bliss it is to imagine triumphing over incredible odds or solving a huge problem. It is important to say, when I think about or when I imagine so it's very important that you say when I think about or when I imagine because then you are not creating an inner battle. You are just thinking about your dream, not affirming that you are living it, which will create a battle. Thinking and dreaming is okay. Feeling is okay. As you say your affirmation, Allow the strong, positive emotions to carry the idea past your cognitive filters and embed into your subconscious mind. This particular affirmation technique works miracles. It does not create any internal resistance on two levels. First, you are focused on the feeling, not the idea. And it is okay to feel good about an idea. Your subconscious mind won't resist feelings. You are talking about thinking about a situation. You are not declaring that the situation exists. Thinking about something is not the same as declaring that it is. But by thinking about it, even indirectly, you give that through energy and that energy can help cannot help other way but expand. 
by focusing on your feelings and talking about thinking about and feeling about an idea very subtly imprints it into your subconscious mind. Your feelings are things just like your thoughts. Together, they are unstoppable creative force. If you don't think about it, you won't feel it. If you don't feel it, you won't do it. It's that simple. It really is that simple. First, know that no belief is right or wrong. This will help you put your self-limiting beliefs into perspective. You did not choose any self-limiting beliefs. Who would? They were hand-me-down from your parents, from my parents and other authority figures. The only thing to consider about a belief you hold is whether it empowers or disempowers you. Here is a wonderful exercise to help you release those disempowering self-limiting beliefs. If you want something, you have to make room for it by letting something go. On one hand, it makes perfect sense. If you are going to adopt a new empowering beliefs, you have to get rid of the disempowering belief. It's clear. To step into another room, you must first leave the room you are staying in now. Intellectually, everyone understands this. The problem of letting go is emotional. Letting go is hard because it means coping with loss. Nobody likes loss. We all avoid it. We fear that letting go will be hard. We fear that it will hurt or that it will leave some terrible void. That's why it is easier to hold on to old familiar beliefs, habits, relationships and choices than moving on to something better and new. What we know is perceived as the lesser of the two errors, even if it is disempowering. So to practice letting go, do this. Pick up a small stone, fit in the palm of your hand. Don't go searching now for the perfect rock. Just pick up whatever is in front of you right now. It can be smooth or jagged. It doesn't matter. This is really strong limiting belief, I see. Grasp the stone with your palm and squeeze it is as hard as hard as you can. Squeeze it as hard as you can. Okay? Squeeze it. I must see on your face. Squeeze it. Imagine that the stone represents a disempowering belief or something that you have been hanging on to past its expiration date already, like an unhappy relationship, for, for example, or bad habit, or a boring, uh, comfortable job, okay? You decide what it is. Your muscles will feel the tension of squeezing. Clenching creates constriction, not a light, ex expensive, happy feeling. If what you are holding on to is not for your higher good, you won't feel light and free. Squeeze the stone a little harder. In just a little while, you won't be able to squeeze as hard anymore, but you will maintain a strong grip, okay? A little lighter there and lighter maybe because you don't feel so, so much tension. And to some extent, you start to forget that you are still clenching the stone. When you think about it, the sensation may be uncomfortable, but it has become familiar. Like your own limiting belief, it becomes familiar. When you don't think about it 
and and become preoccupied with other things you start to do and things and think about other things you may forget that you are holding the stone you may forget that you are holding a limiting belief or uncomfortable situation but anyway it's still here you are used to it already and your hand clenches the stone without much conscious thought the muscle have frozen <laughs> into a habitual position but the stone in your hands holds you back even if you hold it very lightly your hand is still full it is useless for doing anything else you cannot do anything else with the hand you can't hold anything else when you are holding this stone it is impossible to create the life you want that takes both hands you have to use both hands when one hand is busy holding onto the past and this is very real when the real way you to understand how limiting belief is holding you back remember that the stone represents a disempowering limiting belief maybe the wrong job the, the wrong relationship or a bad habit you have been hanging on to it for a long time with a lot of effort does it feel good to hang on to, to it or is the squeezing more trouble than it's worth does this stone make your hand useful or does it render it useless the stone is limiting your ability to create a way awesomeness the stone is limiting your ability to create awesomeness are you ready to move on with your life now rotate your palm upward like this and relax your grip roll the stone around your palm in your palm like that notice that it is not attached to your hand the attachment so-called attachment comes from your choices to hang on to it if you feel irritation or anger because you have been holding on too long you're ready to let it go squeeze it as hard as you can one last time and focus on the familiar yet uncomfortable sensation of squeezing this limiting belief or uncomfortable situation remind yourself that this effort is not worth it turn your palm face down and decide that this thing you want to release no longer no longer serves you make the decision to drop it and open your hand if you are enjoying interview so far make sure to follow me on other social media you will find me on youtube and facebook as million mori warrior family on instagram as smillion mori and on linkedin and twitter as smillian mori s-m-i-l-j-a-n-m-o-r-i and watch the stone drop to the ground and along with it the energy of what you are releasing for a moment the nerves in your hand will retain the memory of the stone especially if you have been holding on very tightly for a long period of time but soon the sensation is gone it is no longer part of you know that you were whole and complete before you picked up the stone there was not a void in you that was filled by disbelief or a habit or relationship or etc there was no void so if you drop that 
which does not serve you, you will not be any less. In fact, you will, be, you will become open to allowing, allowing more of what is good. Focus on the relief of letting go. Then imagine yourself holding an empowering belief. This belief is not a physical object that limits the abilities of your hand to do things. It is energy. Imagine the energy flowing through your hand, your fingers, making your hand stronger, more agile and more capable. This feeling is expensive. You can hold as many empowering beliefs as you want to because they don't take any room in your hand and they don't constrict your muscles. Practice this exercise every day each time focusing on releasing the same belief. Do this for a minimum of 30 days or until you feel free of this limiting belief. At the same time, take action to imprint a new empowering belief. Limits are just that. Limits! They are meant to be transcended. They are meant to be broken just like records. For example, it was once believed that humans were not capable of running a mile in less than four minutes. Once that impossible barrier was broken, the times kept coming down and down. The very same attitude can be applied to your self-limiting beliefs. Do you believe you can excel in anything you put your mind to? Do you believe that you are worthy of success or abundance or love? Do you believe that you have a right to be happy? That you have a right to be fulfilled? Are your beliefs empowering or disempowering? By practicing the dropping stone exercise daily, you can free yourself of disempowering beliefs. It takes just a few minutes a day and may well be the day best spent. Another belief releasing exercise is challenging your beliefs as they arise. So how it goes. When you identify a disempowering belief, ask yourself, where did I get this belief? Why do I believe this? Was the person I learned it from a good model in this area? In other words, is it an empowering or disempowering belief to that person? You can see yourself by observe, observing the results. In what way is this belief ridiculous? Ask yourself. Or ask yourself, in what way is this belief stupid or absurd? What does this belief cost me emotionally? Ask yourself, what does this belief cost me mentally? What does this belief cost me spiritually? What does this belief cost me physically? What does this belief cost me financially? What does this belief cost me in my relationship? And what does this belief cost me in my enjoyment of life? How am I currently benefiting from this belief? The answers to those questions will speak for themselves. You will see that the cost of hanging on, hanging on to a disempowering belief is far, far greater than any satisfaction you may get from it. A belief may, be, may have served you in the past, but the past is history. Let it go, please. Let it go.
Take advantage of the byproduct effect. Direct your attention to something that supports your goal, but makes the desire itself a happy byproduct of that goal. This works because unless your subconscious mind has some sort of a block against this goal, there will be no internal argument to the idea you are trying to imprint. For, exam for example, instead of focusing on losing weight, which impresses weight in the subconscious mind and compels you to act on that image, focus on your awesome goal, which could be something like participating in a mini marathon for a charitable cause. This is a great example because mini marathon implies double and of course a charity brings a, up a positive feeling of being helpful and nice at the end. Think about how much fun it will be to train for a mini marathon. Then the self-esteem that comes from all the new skills you will pick up and then the new friends you will meet. Or even better, how much better you look and feel every week. Or how much stronger you are every day. Or how good you feel as you challenge yourself. These mental images or feelings have nothing to do with your ultimate desire, like weight loss, which is a byproduct of your fun and, and new goal of doing a mini marathon. Here is another example. If you want to improve your financial situation, don't focus on having more money or increasing your wealth or improving your abundance. Those desires might bring up internal resistance if you have self-limiting beliefs around money. Instead, focus on some really inspiring, motivating goals. In our world, practically every goal requires money. But do not ever mention money or picture money when you think about these goals. Our mind picture money when you think about these goals. Forget about the money. Just picture or feel how you can enjoy achieving goals such as how great it feels to help your favorite charity build an animal shelter. Or how much fun it is to travel the world. Or how nice it is to enjoy your freshly remodeled home. Or how much satisfaction you get from helping your kids start a business. If your mind starts arguing, come up with creative rebutures. Helping a charity doesn't always involve money. You could fundraise, do hands or building, use social media to spread the message to the world. Traveling can be done inexpensively. Make a list of family or friends to visit or find home sharing services. Do you get the picture? Whenever you encounter resistance, find creative non-financial rebutures to the arguments. Take money out of the equitation and focus on happy feelings you will have when you achieve the goals. Of course, in order to do things using money, you must have much more money that you need to cover your basic living expenses. But without mentioning money specifically, the idea is welcomed into the subconscious because the subconscious has no resistance to helping a charity. No mention of giving money. To travel itself or to home remodeling or to other people's dreams of entrepreneurship. Yes, you have to be very sneaky to get ideas to imprint in your subconscious, especially if you have particular strong blocks against them. 
for each of your negative self-limiting and disempowering beliefs, there exists its polar opposite, a positive, limitless and empowering belief. If you constantly direct your focus to a goal that will result in the improvement you really desire, your subconscious will on its own transmute the negative belief into a positive opposite. Your subconscious will be so busy achieving these goals about which there is no resistance that it will forget that you are worthy that you are not worthy of money or cannot lose weight. Those natural pathways will deteriorate and be replaced by new belief and thought habits that ensure success. Because your focus was on a mini triathlon, a natural byproduct of that is that you didn't that you did indeed lose weight at the end without giving a single moment thought to, to that byproduct losing weight suddenly being at your healthy weight has become positively imprinted in your subconscious because of your focus on wonderful positive things you can do in your life like helping your kids start a business you automatically do what it takes and in the process shatter your self-limiting beliefs about money because you have taken the stress of manifesting the money out of the picture and because of your focus, the ways and means will come to you, including money. Focusing on what you want in the above examples to be thin and to be wealthy can derail you if you have negative beliefs surrounding those ideals. So by choosing goals where these ultimate desires are natural byproduct of success and without focusing on these ultimate goals, you avoid the inner resistance. Step two, I have enough. The way to get rid of a bad habit is not through force or willpower because even though the behavior is gone, the urge remains and it can rear its ugly head even many times later. To effectively remove a bad habit, and it also includes mental habits, means replacing it with a positive habit and making it feel just as rewarding as the old habit. For example, if you are constantly telling yourself it is hard to make ends meet, and you are constantly con counting your income and expenses in your head or even on paper, it has become a terrible habit that only attracts more finan financial struggle. To stop that habit, it, it habit is extremely difficult. It is better to replace it with a positive mental habit. The moment you start doing your mental math, uh, so to speak, say to yourself, I have enough and feel the emotion. You have when you have enough money in your account. Feel how relaxed and happy you are knowing you have enough. I have enough. It doesn't matter what amount enough is. It could be enough to pay your bills or enough to go on a grand cruise or enough to buy some new shoes or enough to go out uh, on a fabulous dinner or whatever enough means to you. Feel it. Do this constantly for a minimum of 30 to 66 days. Every single time you catch yourself doing your mental accounting and you will become more relaxed about money and you will start letting go of the disempowering belief that you don't have enough. A 30-day trial. Most of your results are habit-driven. 
Your subconscious beliefs are mental habits give rise to emotions and actions and therefore results. To change your results, replace your self-defeating habits. For example, let's say you have been telling yourself negative things about exercise. If you believe you are clumsy, to, to out of your shape, too out of your shape, or too uncoordinated, or too, too, too tired to exercise, you have activated so-called nocebo effect. And of course, your choices become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Deep down, you know you should change your sedentary habits, but if, if your body image and thought habits about exercise are keeping you stuck on the couch, you will have to create new habits if you are going to see any improvement. A list of benefits of exercise, a doctor's orders, or even a true desire to change may not be enough to get past your self-defeating limiting habits. You either won't make the effort, or the effort will fizzle out in the few weeks. 50% of people who start an exercise program give it up within six months or even before, and many sooner than that. The same applies to any goals of the people who actually start. Most will quit within a few months, or a few days, or a few hours. What if you could automate success? Right now, if you are struggling in any area of your life, you can be sure that your struggles are automatic. New positive, empowering habits will automate success. Even if you are a little bit skeptical right now watching this, are you willing to give it a 30-day trial? Many merchants <laughs> give you the option of a risk-free 30-day trial before you commit to the purchase. Try it. Give it 100%, and if at the end of the 30 days you are not satisfied, give yourself permission to go back to your old ways. This works because by the time the 30 days are up, the customer has become accustomed to the product, and they usually go ahead with the purchase. You can use this on yourself when you are creating a positive new habit, because a 30-day trial removes the pressure that is inherent in making a long-term commitment. The hardest part of creating a habit is making a part of your daily routine. Commit to yourself for 30 days, and 30 days of no excuses no matter what. No excuses no matter what practice, and this is essential. Treat, this, treat it as a fun challenge, as a fun challenge, and remember, while you are creating a new habit, you are also deconstructing an old habit. And you have to give yourself two things. First is the challenge, the challenge of being disciplined and persistent for 30 days of daily practice. And the permission, permission to revert back to your old habits at the end of the, at the, end of the 30 day trial. What you will get from a 30 day trial? What do you think you will get from a 30-day trial? The new behavior will be a habit. Easier and easier will be every day. The old pattern will have been broken, making it easier to stick with the new habit. You will be empowered to take on more challenges like this. You will enjoy a month worth of results. You will have created a momentum. It is easy to keep riding the wave. 
This is brilliant way to take the pressure of yourself to make positive change. You really can do anything you want for 30 days. And you will be 30 days closer to your goals. Success tip, one short success tip before uh, I leave you to this 30-day practice. This challenge is best suited to something you want to make part of your daily routine, such as exercising or taking daily action on your goals. The critical element is daily practice. Okay? So choosing a 30-day trial for something you don't do often is a waste of time. What you will find is that you that, that as you automate positively daily, positive daily habits, these habits will have a trickle-down effect on your less frequent choices. Mental, emotional elements of the 30-day trial. Let's see what they are. Set realistic goals, please. Set realistic goals. Don't suddenly decide that you are going to run for an hour every day. Start with small goals that will build into larger goals. For example, instead of cutting out TV entirely, make a deal with yourself to watch just your one favorite show every day and record the rest when you have time. And then watch it. Let's see what happens. Visualize success and visualize yourself enjoying the challenge on a daily basis. Do this anytime you feel like uh, skipping a day. First thing in the morning and last thing as you go to bed at night. So, and then what you, you have to do then? Choose to view the process as enjoyable, as an adventure, not as a chore, as a fun challenge, not, a, not as a daunting task. Having fun along the way gives you a motivation to get up and to do it every day. Then. Keep a progress journal where you can see measurable goals and track your results. And then, very important, get social support. If you have an uh, accountability buddy or someone who wants to take on the same challenge with you, you will motivate each other. Then another positive and important thing is use positive self-talk, especially when you are in a motivational slump. And then one of the last advice, do it anyway. Sometimes you will find hundreds and thousands of excuses why you can't work on this habit today. Shut those excuses down and go do it. Action feels good and you will soon forget that you were grumbling about it. This is especially important if you tell yourself that you don't have time to do this. You have time. You might have to prioritize. So do that. Okay? Prioritize. And then and enjoy being a beginner. Many people let their ego get in the way and the way want and they want to be seen as an expert. As soon as possible, I want to be an expert. This is a recipe for burnout. This is the recipe for frustration, for overhand. This is a recipe, the recipe for low self-esteem and, and quitting. Look at whatever you are doing with curiosity. Okay, like a child. There is always more to learn, so have fun learning. Another important advice. Commit to 15 to 30 minutes of practice. In whatever habit 
you choose. Every single day, with no days off, for 30 days, you commit, you practice, okay? And be realist realistic so you can fit it into your schedule. Don't overwhelm yourself or it will be too tempting to say, not today, okay? Don't overwhelm yourself. Otherwise, you will say, not today. Can I do it tomorrow? Okay. Then one piece of advice. Very important. Go gently on yourself, please. There is a fine line between pushing your limits a little and pushing yourself too hard. The new habit should be enjoyable so that you are motivated to repeat the experience day after day. Depending on how you feel about a particular new habit, hard or easy or daunting or simple, you may wish to take on just one or several. Better is one. Again, it is better to be conservative and take on what you know you can handle with a little discipline, I mean, but not so much that you are overwhelmed. For best results, if you are going to take on several challenges, make it no more than three, please. Or maybe just one. Are you wondering what, what habits are the best, one, the best ones to pick up? You can choose from the following list or use them to inspire you. For example, meditate for 15 to 30 minutes a day. Or keep a journal. You know, all of the world's greatest achievers and successful people do this, including Richard Branson. And then, take 15 to 30 minutes to clean your home and workplace every day. Or always look your best, even if nobody is looking. Or read something that will help you achieve your dreams every day. Or get up early and use that time to meditate. Plan your day and execute the most daunting task you would normally procrastinate on. Or maybe stop watching TV for a week. Or start to exercise every day. Replace the bad with the good using these small, simple, important tricks. First trick, make it public. You know, the more supportive people you tell about your goal, the more motivated you will be to look good in front of them by achieving it. <laughs> it's that simple. Engage, engage them by asking for advice and guidance, even if you don't take it. <laughs> they will be interested and will keep you on track with their questions about your progress. You will see, it will happen. Then take a new behavior onto something you routinely do anyway. For example, Right after you have brushed your teeth, wipe down the bathroom or right after you have your morning coffee or read several pages in a book or an article about a goal you are working toward. Right after you have taken care of your morning task at work, take a 15-minute break for a brisk walk. Make the new habit as challenging and fun as you can. Making it harder is more stimulating and engaging. For example, using your non-dominant hand, you know, makes you really think about something. You know, this can be anything from cleaning your workspace or writing notes to yourself. And then use music. Music is a great motivator. Find out what music is best for you in an any given situation. For example, 
fun, fast rock music for physical course or or exercise, classical while you are paying bills or ambient uh, nature sounds when you are reading. And we have challenge yourself to complete the task in half time you anticipate, but with excellent and your full undivided attention. What about motivation? Motivation is extrinsic. That means the carrot and the stick, you know, carrot, tick, carrot and the stick, approach involving rewards, rewards. Buying yourself a new wardrobe for losing weight or approval and recognition for others, awards like medals and measurable progress, personal best records and so on. This is extrinsic motivator. Extrinsic motivators get you going in the beginning and keep you motivated as you progress, but they are not as powerful in the long run as intrinsic motivators. Intrinsic motivators is like feeling good about the experience itself. It is the satisfaction of progress, the joys of the little moments and the enjoyment of the challenge. It is suffering through the tough parts that make success all the sweater. The real price is the awesome feelings you get along the way. As soon as your subconscious accepts an idea, it immediately begins to execute it. You will find that this brief, that this brief, brief but intense investment in creating empowering habits will pay off with huge dividends once the behavior is automated. Step three, taking conscious control. You know that your beliefs come mostly from outside sources. Here is how to take control and shape your own belief system, one that is aligned with what you want. First, stop allowing outside influences to shape your reality. You are an adult now. You are a free-thinking adult with some experience under your belt. You are no longer at the mercy of parents and teachers who imprint their values on you, for better or for worse. However, you are still being manipulated by outside influences. The less attention you pay to mass media and advertising, the better. You are being told what to think. The world is a terrible place full of atrocities and daily drama. You are being told what to, th what to consume. If you drink this beer or drive that car, you will be popular and sexy. Or you are being told how to live even. If you don't have a dozen credit cards in your wallet, you are a loser and more things. When you are watching TV, for example, have some fun challenging the statements that you challenge the statements made by advertisers and the new newscasters in the, on the television. Just challenge these statements that they are telling you. Always remember that, is, that in the case of advertising, you are being manipulated for the sake of someone's financial gain. Admittedly, this is a rather cynical view on the world, but one of the, on the other hand, it does serve to make you aware of just how much people are being manipulated and how limiting beliefs are continually being imprinted. The more you challenge what you see and hear, the more you will empower yourself to think for yourself according to your inner guidance. Whenever you come across an idea that doesn't make you feel good or doesn't ring true to you, refuse it. Challenge them, refuse to believe them and above all, do not give them the mental energy. Just refuse to entertain those thoughts. 
immediately direct your focus to something more pleasing. Become action-oriented and think about how you can help in times of crisis instead of thinking, oh, those poor people, how awful for them. It must be so terrible. What a tragedy. Don't do this. Second, whenever you feel a conflict between what you believe and what you are told to believe, or a conflict between what you have been taught to believe and your own inner guidance in the form of feelings, I mean, then challenge and question what you have been taught to believe. Because nearly all beliefs that people hold are opinions, not the truth. Remember, each individual truth is based on their own conditioning. Third, be aware of your emotions. Beliefs always elicit emotions. If you believe something, something disempowering, you don't feel good. If you believe something empowering, you feel good. It is really that simple. So when you tell yourself, I'm not good enough, I'm not good at math, you certainly don't feel like skipping for joy about it, do you? Therefore, it is a limiting belief that must be dropped like a stone if you are too feel good about yourself. If you want to feel good about yourself, you have to drop that stone. Okay? Be aware, this is the fourth, okay? Be aware that disempowering beliefs attract similar beliefs to them. If you have a self-limiting belief about your math skills, for example, you probably have a corresponding belief about your abilities as a student or about your ability to manage your finances. So as you start releasing these disempowering beliefs, know that you, are, uh, that you and your subconscious will challenge the release by pointing out that you, can, that you also cannot do this or that. That means other things. Release the belief anyway and act the part. Remember the beliefs need proof in order to survive. Beliefs need proof in order to survive. So offer proof to the contrary. Show yourself that you are picking up the skills, the knowledge and experience that is disproving the old belief and supporting the new one. Fifth, be aware of comfort. Uh, this may sound like counterintuitive as comfort is a natural human desire, but we often confuse comfort with complacency, with setting for less, with settling for less than our potential, and for staying attached to the familiar, even if it is not uh, good for us or even if it is uh, disempowering. The dictionary defines comfort as a state of physical ease and freedom from pain and constraint. It has nothing whatsoever to do with anything other than ease and freedom. Here is the difference. Comfort, knowing that you have achieved financial freedom. Complacency, believing that you cannot be financially free whatever that means to you, okay? As a result, you talk yourself into the comfort of a familiar but meager existence of constant money worries. Because everyone is struggling in this economy. That doesn't need to be true. Comfort, for example. Comfort is that knowing that you are free of the pain of unhealthy relationship. Complacency, 
staying in that relationship, which may be unfulfilling or, or downright abusive even, for the sake of familiarity. You stay in the, in the relationship for the sake of familiarity, for the sake of the kids even. Fear of financial ruin on, and other excuses that you come up with. Basically, true comfort feels good on all levels. True comfort feels good on a physical level, on an emotional level, on, on mental level, and even it feels good on a spiritual level. Otherwise, your comfort is, your really, is really your complacency. And that complacency is the child of disempowering beliefs. Complacency can feel comfortable, but it is a forced comfort, a familiarity based on fear. Six, focus on improvement. You can improve the quality of your beliefs by focusing on improvement. For example, imagine that you have always wanted to be an architect. However, you believe that you cannot be successful as an architect because you heard somewhere that one needs to be excellent at math skills and you believe you are not good at math. If this is the case, you would never even enroll in architecture school. But what if you were to just focus on improving your skills? What if you decide I will get better at math? I will hire a tutor and take online classes. I will study extra hard and learn the skills. I will need to become an architect. Can you see how powerful this shift your attention away from this empowering belief and toward what you want to achieve? You can prime your mind to accept any empowering belief by focusing on improvement. You can change the beliefs that say, this is impossible by becoming better and better and continually reaching higher and higher. Achieve a small goal and build on it. Achieve that one and build on it. Small step, steps like this will start to accelerate and move you toward your goal faster and faster and faster. If you failed in a sport in the past because you were physically weak and you lacked uh, coordination, set your focus on improving these areas. Make it a daily practice to increase your strength and agility. As you start noticing measurable improvements, you will empower yourself to achieve your physical aspirations. If you believe that you are no good at managing your money, start by becoming disciplined about savings. Employ the principle of paying yourself first Put aside just 1% of your income every time you receive any money, no matter what and how much it is. Truly, you can do this no matter your income level. Trust me. And please, then don't touch it. After a while, let yourself become used to this practice, you know, day after day. And then increase your self-contribution to maybe only 2%. Get, then get used to that and you will start seeing your savings increase. Even if slowly. After sometimes increase 2 to 3% and so forth. There is no area of your life that will not benefit from this kind of incremental discipline improvement. Instead of turning your own creative power against you, learn to direct it toward yourself. Take on small challenges that push you close to your limits instead of playing it safe and small. All it takes really is creating 
new habits that will gradually push those old disempowering beliefs out. A habit takes anywhere from 29 to 133 days to become automatic until it resides as a habit in your subconscious. During that time, practice small changes. To believe that you can be productive every single day, get up 30 minutes early and take care of some important task before you do anything else. No coffee, no getting dressed, nothing but singular focus on that task. Okay? Most of the world's most successful people have a habit of getting up early. I'm sorry, that's not me. Uh, it's been said that the first hour of any day is the most important. Hence the saying, getting up, getting up on the wrong side of the bed. Choose to be disciplined for, the, for that first hour. Okay, for that first hour when you wake up. And you will face the day with a tremendous sense of accomplishment while most people are still, still stumbling around in their pajamas. If you do this every day, you will vaporize the illusory belief that you don't have time for your goals. To believe that you are worthy of something, like that you are worthy of success, that you are worthy of love, that you are worthy of happiness, that uh, you are worthy of money. Do something kind for yourself every day. Say, it, for example, I love myself every single day. Follow it, follow it up with a smile or at yourself in the mirror. I love myself. And do something nice for yourself. Eat healthy meal. Go for a walk. Meditate. Relax. Uh, take uh, Relax maybe in a bubble bath. Uh, read a chapter of an uplifting book. Uh, listen to some music. These small moments of happiness are normal and natural. And what, you know what? You deserve them. So indulge in them. Do this every day and you will develop the habit of self-love. To believe that you can achieve something that overwhelms you completely, write an action plan. Break it down into the smallest chunks you can, a small daily test that you know you can accomplish. Then make it a habit to act on your plan. Do this every day and you will create a habit of proactive action instead of, instead of procrastination. Take on the most difficult task first. It is too easy to procrastinate and save the hard things for when I have more time or when I have more energy. But you know perfectly well that the perfect time will never come. It is far better to develop a habit of doing the most difficult daunting task first. Do it to the best of your abilities and get it out of the way. Release the energy of the task instead of letting it weigh you down with you and you, you haven't done this yet. I haven't done this yet. I haven't done this yet. And then subsequent easier tasks will seem effortless to the point that you won't even notice that you are still working. Imagine how productive you can be this way. Look, these are just few uh, ways you can create positive and empowering habits that will create a new neural pathways in your brain. You will literally rewire yourself with daily practice. And then, raise the bar constantly in small increments. The key to reprogramming your beliefs is to be persistent, persistent and consistent. Persistent and consistent with practice, your dominant thoughts will become your beliefs.
Your beliefs will then support your faith, knowing and expectation, and you will be motivated to take the necessary actions to achieve your goals. Then practice positive thinking. To think about what you don't want is to impress on your subconscious what you don't want. The subconscious does not understand the word don't or no. The subconscious does not understand the word don't or no. So if you are trying to imprint, I don't want to be poor, the subconscious will quickly jump to the notion of poor and ignore the rest of the sentence and poor you shall remain. You must train your mind to focus on what you want and only what you want. A classic case of this is being afraid of something such as getting the flu every winter. The more you think about not getting uh, the flu, the more you think about the flu. And the more your subconscious says, okay, one really nasty case of the flu is cutting up. <laughs> uh, oh, literally, literally change your philosophy with your thoughts. So if you're opening the, the door wide by thinking about the influenza virus, you are inviting in it. Always remember, what you focus on expands. So the less attention you give to, to the, the unwanted aspects of your life, the less prominent they will be. And the more attention you give to your desires, the more prominent they will be. Playing with your imagination. Your imagination created your reality. What you imagine to be real is real in the non-physical and given enough energy becomes real in the physical. The way to harness the imagination for your higher good, to create more pleasing situation and to imprint empowering beliefs into the subconscious is by using creative visualization. Actually, you already do that. But if your imagination is running wild with worry and other self-defeating mental images, then you are misdirecting your incredible powers. The trick is to use creative visualization consciously and deliberately. Visualization is the most effective way to reprogram the subconscious mind. There are few basic steps to effective creative visualization. If you master this and apply them daily, you will create a very quick change in your subconscious mind. So first is relax. Relax. It won't do any good to visualize while you are stressed or upset. The very best time to do creative visualization is first thing in the morning immediately upon waking up and going to the toilet. At this stage of the day, your mood is generally good. Your inner chatterbox has not fired up yet and your mind is relatively quiet. You are also more relaxed physically. To get into the creative zone, you have to do the following things. Sit comfortably with your spine upright and chest open so you don't obstruct your breathing. Close your eyes and take a few deep breaths. Empty your mind of thought by becoming very interested in your breathing. It really is fascinating this, the deep things like breathing we can take for, for, granting, for granted. When you notice that your thoughts have relaxed and you are ready to have some fun, set your intention, means make a decision to start creating something wonderful. Second step, 
Imagine. Now the fun starts. Other than the following rules, there are no rules or limits to what you can create in your imagination. Never allow what is to interfere with your imagination. Imagination can be as unlikely or impossible as you want. Like a child, don't worry about how. How does not matter. How does not matter. How does not matter. You will most assuredly be guided in the right direction. And then don't forget to have fun. It is absolutely essential that you approach creative visualization with a playful attitude. The reason is that if you approach it from a place of need or want, your focus is on lack. And by the way, law of attraction. So heard last uh, couple of years, lack is what you will get. So take a playful attitude as if you are a child. Put no pressure on yourself. Just imagine that what you are creating is icing on the cake. That your life is already spectacular as it is. And this new thing or experience is just for fun. Just to enhance something that is already wonderful. And don't forget to visualize yourself in the picture. It doesn't work if you create images, but you are not in them. If you want a new car, picture yourself sitting behind the wheel, your hands on the gorgeous ladder of the steering wheel, your eyes gazing at the dashboard, your subconscious mind cannot tell the difference between the physical reality and inner reality because it doesn't not have any physical senses. You have to tell it what you want. Do you want to become extremely confident in a short period of time? Download my free ebook Warrior Mindset at www.warriorfamily.com and learn the best mental hacks and strategies to build your confidence. Third thing, feel. Feel. Felix, feelings are essential too. Very, very. There are feelings of being in the picture, okay? In the car example, the physical feeling of touching the steering wheel, the physical feeling of wind in your hair, the awesome new car <laughs> smell, perhaps the taste of the grape-scented air as you drive through a vineyard, and the pour on the roar of the engine. Rum, rum, rum. Then there are also the emotions that you feel as you are driving. Exhilaration, happiness, confidence. Basically, the more realistic, the more realistic you can make it, the more of an impact you will make on your subconscious mind. And then the fourth thing is believe. Believe. Again, don't worry about how. If you have the right playful, no pressure, just for fun attitude, it is easier to believe that your dream is not only possible, but well on its way to manifesting in your physical experience. This is not lying to yourself because, because what you desire is real already, already yours on another plane or of existence. Be beliefs allow you to coax the, the non-physical version of your desire into the physical realm. In the words of this Jesus Christ, what things sower, you ask for when you pray. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And then you have detach, allow. Detaching from desired 
outcome may sound counterintuitive, but it makes sense. You will see. You already take what you have for granted. So take what you desire for granted too. In the sense that you absolutely do not worry at all about when it's coming to me or how it is going to me. Just let it go. You have put in your order, now go about your days cheerfully and confidently in appreciation of what you have, delighting in the moments that you would otherwise pass by if your mental resources are taken up with wishing and longing. If you cannot let go of the process and you are constantly trying to outthink the, the universal mind, then think again. You are trying to construct your desires out of resources you believe are currently available to you. The universal mind knows better. It can create something out of nothing. So please, just relax and have some fun. And then sixth, but not probably the last, be grateful. Be grateful. Appreciate what you have. This helps you let go of the need to control the process and allows you to enjoy every step of the way. And then seven, take inspired action. Take inspired action. Again, don't force, please. Let your higher self guide you and take advantage of any opportunities or information that jump out at you. Be calm and deliberate in the actions you take, just as a plant does not hurry as fast as it can to reach a state of maturity where it will produce fruit. Do not rush, do not force, do not do for the sake of being busy. Just be aware, alert and enjoy acting on the inspiration you receive. Moving from things happen to me to things happen because of me is not something you are going to be comfortable with immediately. But okay, that's okay. Your mind will want to prove it is used to seeing is believing. So start small and give it feedback. Then you can move on to greater and greater goals and concepts that, that used to cause your internal conflict. Okay. So what is the blue feather exercise? Richard Bach in his book Illusions suggests this cre creative visualization exercise when you are just learning to consciously guide your imagination and manifest what you desire. First, start with manifesting, manifesting something that you have no resistance to. Something that is not important, necessar not necessary to you, and something you don't feel you are lacking. It is just for fun exercise. Okay, relax. Just for fun exercise. Visualize a blue feather. Remember to use your senses to paint a complete picture. Think about the blue feather every day as often as you remember to. But don't obsess about it. It's much more important to enjoy the visualization and all of the sensation you have when you think about it. Enjoy the beauty of the feather, enjoy the delicious weight of the feather in your hand, enjoy the iridescent quality it has in the sun. Above all, love the idea of the feather, it is beautiful. It is such a miracle that this feather helps a bird become airborne and soar through the sky. It is marvelous, marvelously functional and beautiful at the same time. Enjoy the thought of the feather, enjoy and feel the miracles that it is. 
Within a very short time, a blue feather will manifest in some way. I don't know how. If you are frustrated that you don't see one soon, it could be because you were trying too hard. So relax. Keep envisioning the feather and don't worry about when or how. Love the idea of the feather and it will come to you. As you practice with small manifestations like this, you will become comfortable using your powers to create the life situations you want. Gradually, your subconscious mind will come to accept that what is not yet seen can come into a physical reality. You will develop confidence and empowering beliefs. And the more you practice manifesting, the more you realize that you are in fact the creator of your own reality. It is fun and there are no limits to what you can create once you learn to consciously direct your energies. Keep it light and free just for fun as you learn to manifest. Take all the pressure off yourself and you will see just how remarkable you s your subconscious mind is at shaping your awareness and making you take the actions that guarantee success. Make any desire subconscious and it will manifest for you. You will absolutely manifest anything you desire if you desire and feelings are strong and deeply impressed into your subconscious. Don't be surprised if your desire comes to you through unexpected channels, but come it will, you can be assured of that. These are just some extremely simple and efficient ways to, on how to get control over your mind by learning how to consciously imprint the right messages and thus change your inner atmosphere for the better. At that point, your subconscious mind will be able to express what had been imprinted to your advantage. Now is the time to address the second program, the second chapter, where I will walk you and talk about the power of thoughts. The power of thoughts. Resources from this interview are available online. Visit www.warriorfamily.com and download the free book Lessons from Millionaires with all the resources mentioned in the interview. If you want to be a warrior who has it all, visit www.warriorfamily.com and download my ebooks for free. Learn all about warrior productivity, habits, mindset, marketing and sales strategies, confidence boosters and many other things. I promise that you won't be disappointed. More valuable content is waiting for you on my social media profiles. Instagram, Smilion Mori, YouTube and Facebook, Smilion Mori, Warrior Family, Twitter, Smilian Mori, and LinkedIn, Smilian Mori.